You're listening to Wanna Coffee with Kyalisha and Adriana talking random, sensible shit. again with Wanna Coffee. I am your host Kai with special guest Chris from Kinky Politics. Hello. Special topic for today. Getting over a breakup. Uh, what a great topic. Um, I can tell you I've been through this in a big way twice. Mm. And you know it definitely makes you consider if you ever want to be in love again. Yes. <laughs> Yes. You know? Yeah. Definitely. Because it's just, it's so traumatic. And I, I feel like, I mean, the first breakup I had, I, as soon as it happened, even though like I knew it was bound to happen, mm -hmm. I started losing my hair oh, in the middle of my scalp. I was so stressed out. I cried for weeks. I lost so much weight. Mm. Um, and I literally, I, 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 at the time I was 20, 20, 22, I think. I was 22, 23, something like that. 22, probably. 22 is after college. So after, um, after undergrad. Mm. Um, and I just, I was, Oh my God. I was, I was such a mess. I remember my, my older brother saying like, yeah, breaking up is hard. You know, you know, the, you know, the best way to get over someone. I'm like, what? He's like, find someone new. Oh <laughs> yeah. What'd you say? No, uh, for guys, they say the best way to get over, over somebody is to get under somebody else. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, you know, he, essentially he's saying, you know, find someone new, like just get with someone else, you know? And I took his advice. <laughs> oh, bad advice. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I took his advice um, two months later. I'm like, yeah, I'll find someone new. And I found someone else at the club, oh. as you do. Oh, yeah. Um, real classy. Yeah. And, I remember, and like, I remember he was completely different than, than my ex-boyfriend at the time. He was foreign. He was Polish. Oh. And yeah, he was real exotic. I remember looking at him and being like, across the club and thinking to myself like wow he looks like white jesus <laughs> this is amazing it's like all my dreams coming true yeah you know and and because you know i was very very religious as a child too so like yeah that was a disaster he you know as you can imagine most cases you know uh starting off a relationship like that is not gonna yeah. end well and it didn't, you know, he was just there for the, for the, for the obvious, you know, yeah. getting it in wherever yeah. he could, whenever he could. Yeah. Uh, and it worked for like, you know, two weeks until I was like, wow, there's a hole inside of me. This is just terrible. This is terrible. So, yeah. um, I stopped that, but I do think for some people it actually works. Um, I don't know. People are really weird because for me, when I break up with somebody, I go through a deep processing phase where it's like, I gotta, I gotta analyze this shit, figure out what did I do? Could this have been avoided? Like after you get past the, like intermixing with that, depending on, you know, if you broke up with them or they broke up with you or how you're feeling about all that, there might be a lot of like 
the I want this person because like for me like when I broke up with the girl I thought I was going to get married to and I was like madly in love with um she um you know I'm sorry I was gonna say we kind of still would talk a little bit we tried being friends or whatever you know whatever and I for years like just I couldn't really like enjoy like another girl or another woman like or I didn't want to go out and stuff like that because it was just like she they weren't her like I was just like I wanted her and they weren't her so it was like when you're in that mindset it's like it doesn't matter the person like nobody stands a chance with you at that you know some that's what they say like you're not over your ex like you can tell sometimes people just ain't over an ex and some people can hang on to that shit for years which I did but then eventually I don't know like what helped me get over it and maybe this doesn't work in all situations but you just kind of focus on like for me <laughs> two things number one it was like there are billions of women on this planet you know there are just if one percent of women out there find me attractive and are like compatible with me in some way that gives me like a, over a million options out there to find happiness and love why am i sitting around here sulking over this one girl that i want to give my everything to and she has deemed me unworthy of that and doesn't want anything like isn't willing to like you know be be in my life like that doesn't you know and i was like what kind of idiot am i to be sitting around like wasting years of my life focusing on this woman when there's all these millions of women out there that i could give this love to you know and then the other thing is you kind of think about like when you go through breakups especially if you're the person trying to get somebody back or whatever there's a lot of disrespect that's going to come your way because people aren't gentle when they are kind of like especially in those real right after those breakups you know, you kind of start thinking about all the disrespect and you're like, is this what love looks like? Is this the kind of, is this what I want in my life? Is this what I want from a relationship? Those kind of things help me move on. Cause you know, if you just keep thinking about the good things about that person, <laughs> never going to get over that person. You'd be like, Oh, I remember this, this, and this, but you forget about those bad things or those dark days. <laughs> Cause my, my ex was like kind of crazy too. Once I started focusing more on the crazy and less on the amazing qualities, I was like, Oh, yeah, I just need to, you got to zone in on the the bad qualities as much. It, it helps you get through a breakup. <laughs> like forget the good qualities until after you're over them. Then you can kind of remember, oh, they're not a horrible person. They had good qualities too. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what um, I had um, a mentor. He's He was amazing. He is amazing. He's like, I don't know. I think he's like 85 now, but he's still like killing it. Yeah. in Chicago, um, who was there for me during my first um, breakup. And he said, you know, the best way to get over someone is to feel the pain, acknowledge the pain, go through the pain, and then think about all the bad things that they've done to you. Let it turn into anger until that anger goes away because they're not there anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to think of him as a bad person because he actually is a nice person and he hasn't done a lot of bad things to me. I was the one to actually do the bad things. Yeah. And he was like, well, you got to find the bad things then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> find like, the bad things. And I'm like, she's oh. right. <laughs> Son of a bitch. But it was hard. And they also say that um, for the length of time that you were with someone and then you break up with some break up with them. So let's say you were with someone for like three years. It takes double the amount of time to get over them. Yeah. So it'll take like a full, if you're with someone for three years, it'll take a full six years to get over. And that makes a lot of sense, like a lot of sense. Cause it's kind of like when, when that person's gone, it's almost like they died or something. Yeah. 
they're just no longer there. They're no longer like in your life. And it's like, okay, did they die? They didn't really, but they died because they're no longer there. So like they, they no longer exist in your life, you know? So it's, it's really kind of like shitty. Um, that's interesting that that was your approach and, 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 you know, your two things. That's, that's actually very helpful. So those of you out there dealing with breakups, that's, that's incredible. Um, one of the other things I feel like that helped me through my, through my breakup was, um, to stop feeling sorry for myself, which is kind of what you said in that you were like, um, you know, there's so many women out there, so many women, right? So there are so many men, but like, I, I, I really gave into like, like the whole, like, oh, I'm going to cry and oh, woe is me. And this is really bad. And it was, but it was my mother to kind of, my mother kind of shook me and was like, yo, like, all right, you've been crying like for the past week. I'm going to give you a nut, like literally she, my mom said to me, I'm going to give you one more week to cry. And once that week is, is, is finished, you have no more tears. And if I catch you crying, you're going to be in big trouble. And, you know, my mom was a black woman, so I knew what that meant, you know, and it worked. I literally prepared for like, okay, this is all I have. And so I'm going to get everything out. And by the end of that week, I started, I, I, I wasn't crying. It was like, I committed to this is the time I'm going to give myself and feel sorry for myself. And then now as painful as it is, I have to, to just figure out a way to move on. I got to figure it out. And, you know, I was lucky too, I guess, to some degree, because my mom was really, um, she, she had, she has the, she has the best advice for other people, but I felt, I felt like with my mom, she was very, um, you know, she, she with with particularly me, I think she was very like hard in her approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's because my dad was so soft in his approach to me. So it was a pretty good balance. But, you know, she would, she would tell me like, okay, you've got a specific amount of time to cry and, and you can only cry in your room or you can only cry in the bathroom. I don't want you crying around the house, like a big baby. And, you know, and, and so like, I was like, well, mom, you know, and, you know, so she, but she just was tired of seeing me in so much pain, I think too, that she was like, go to your room or go to the bathroom, do that elsewhere, you know? Um, But she gave me, she's like, I've got a great CD for you. And I'm like, you do, mom? I don't want to listen to any of your like Beethoven shit or any, you know, like I don't listen to any of that stuff. And she gave me this India Ari CD, which was like, uh, during that time, there was a really big song called I Am Not My Hair. Okay. I I remember her. I don't know if I remember that song. Okay. That was her big claim to fame in the beginning when she first came out. She remixed it with Akon. I think she remixed it or maybe it's on the original. I can't remember. But I never really cared for it on the radio. But when I, my mom said, you're really going to love this CD. I rented it from the library. And so if you don't like it, you can always take it back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And it, it meant, it, first of all, it's an amazing, amazing CD. It's an amazing piece of music. Work, work, it's, a, it's just like an incredible work of art. And she's an incredible songwriter. 
um, which it, it felt like the entire CD was all about healing. And, you know, music is so therapeutic and it's so personal. Um, and it just puts you instantly in a good mood, even if the music is like sad, it kind of still does something to your little, I don't know, it does something to your cells where it just elevates them. And at the time I was losing my hair. And so like to hear Net then in perspective, having a song like I Am Not My Hair was like really like, oh yeah, I'm not. And you know, so it was really good. And then um, I stayed busy. I started to stay really busy. Like I started to like, I got a second job that summer so that I wouldn't have to think as much about him. Yeah. And I, um, I tried to do different things, like get act when I had energy, if I wanted to get active in things. And if I didn't have the energy to do stuff, I watched The Office, the BBC version. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. Oh, so the, 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 I've seen like at least half of it. Okay. The American version is nowhere near the as good. The season kind of tries to replicate it. But then after, from the second season onward, it's just a completely different show. Oh, yeah. I don't like it at all. I don't like the American version. Oh, I think it's the greatest laugh. sitcom ever. Huh? I think it's the best sitcom ever. I love it. The Office? Yeah, the American version. Ooh, I don't like it. Oh, I, I do it. not like it. Man. Oh. It helped get me like through that. my breakup. <laughs> huh? It helped get me through my breakup because my sister bought me like the first, around the time I broke up with my girlfriend, it was like, the first four or five seasons of The Office were out. So every year for Christmas, my girl, my sister would get me the most recent season of The Office on DVD. So, and I didn't have cable at the time. So, and it was one of the few things I owned on DVD. And between like when you get Netflix, DVD sent to you in the mail, remember that? So mm -hmm. like, sometimes you'd kind of be between DVDs and have anything to watch. So whenever I was in that stage, I was always just watching those five seasons of The Office. So they have a very special part in my heart because it was during that time. Oh, my breakup. <laughs> so funny. We both watched The Office. Yes, that helped me too. So I was going to say like um, watching funny shit is like to raise your spirits yeah. was so helpful for me. Watch some comedies um, about people dealing with breakups. <laughs> it helps. Yeah. You see the kind of just keep it a little more light. Yeah. Um, and I think. Don't watch Twilight. <laughs> no, no. But I think that we are a society that, that believes we shouldn't go through pain. Yeah. And, you know, I think that my, I was lucky to have that mentor who said to me, like, you're going to go through pain and you need to accept that. And it's going to be painful and there's going to be hurt. So just let that come, let that come, you know? And so I wasn't as, even though I didn't enjoy it, I welcomed it. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to have to go through pain, you know? And then it got to the point where my mom was like, all right, <laughs> that's it. Like, you don't have to be there 24 seven. Like we got to do something here, you know? Um, but I think that in, in going through a breakup, not running away for the, from the pain helps you get over it. Yeah, definitely. Most people tend to uh, either, you know, try to numb the pain or uh, try to avoid it. But 
which is what I did. I didn't do the numbing thing so much. I tried to avoid it, like try and convince yourself like, oh no, I'm over it. I'm over it. You know, no, nah, no, nah, this ain't phasing me. No, nah, no. Nah. But then, you know, you, tr- you start trying to go out with other girls, you sleep with other girls. And it's like, you try to pretend like you're normal now, like I'm normal. But it's like, dude, you still got the, and that's the thing that makes me feel like the number one thing I can advise to people is don't do that. Cause all you're doing is passing on your toxic pain to other people. Cause basically when you're doing that, you're just using people for sex or using people for, you know, to avoid feeling something that you don't want to feel, but they don't know that that's what's going on. So it's like, it's not an honest uh, agreement between you two. Cause they think you're interested in them. They think maybe this is going somewhere, but in your head and your heart, you know, it ain't going nowhere. You're just using this person. It's like, you need right. to face your pain, go through it. And then once you go through it, then you can come out and maybe have other relationships and start dating and, you know, not be a toxic because you, uh, that's the thing for me is like, I don't want to spread, I don't want to spread pain or trauma or any kind of like negative vibes to other people. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna, if I'm feeling that, like, I just want to keep that to me, but sometimes yeah. you unknowingly can get into a situation like you, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. It took me a number of years and had a couple of people that I hurt and people kept telling me I wasn't over my ex. And then eventually I was like, you know what? They're right. <laughs> I got to get, mm-hmm. I got to deal with this shit. And, and nobody- how long did it take for you to get over? Um, well, once I got around to finally kind of facing it and dealing with it, um, uh, probably, I don't know, six months, a year, something like that. The big thing for me was like, my ex lived out in Los Angeles. And at this time I was living in Baltimore. I flew from Baltimore to Los Angeles, told her I wanted to meet up or whatever. So we met up and I just laid it all out there. Cause my whole thing was, I was like, look, basically like I, I was, Midwestern guys, you know, we kind of keep our uh, our feelings buried and kind of hidden. We don't really like to express our emotions and stuff. So I just kind of realized like, that's, that's what I needed to do. Like, I just needed to take my shot, lay it all on the line and whatever happens, happens, but I can move on. Cause I know like I haven't left anything unsaid or anything like that. So flew out there, we went out to dinner and everything. And this, this is kind of brutal. So this is kind of a sad story, but uh, went out to dinner. We're on like uh uh, the beach a little bit south of uh, like Redondo Beach at the sushi place eating or whatever reach across the table and put my hand on her hand tell her I'm still tell her I'm still in love with her uh, you know after all these years I've still never met anybody that you know makes me feel the way she does I'm, I mean I'm saying this shit from the heart too like <laughs> we go out on the beach we walk I had like the the little earbuds. So I put one in her ear and one in my ear and we're listening to this little song, doing a little slow dance on the beach. You know, I'm thinking this is, you know, this is it. And she told me she felt the same. She she told me she felt the same. So then we we go, uh, we end up back at her place or whatever. And um, whatever, it kind of got the vibe like she was wanting to have sex, but I was like, this just feels awkward to me because she had also told me about some traumatic stuff she'd been going through. And I was like, I feel like this is a little sketchy because she'd kind of been in an abusive relationship. So I was like, I don't really want to be taking advantage of you in a vulnerable state. Cause you know, I didn't want to feel like that guy, you know? Um, Cause after our, after we broke up the first time, she came to visit me a few months later and we had sex a few times and she accused me of taking advantage of her in a vulnerable state. So I was like, I didn't want to repeat that, that situation. But so then, you know, I left LA after all that, and she had told me she wanted to like pursue this. We, you know, wanted to pursue a reconciliation, all that stuff, right? So I fly back to Baltimore, go back to work the next day, come home from work, text her a few times. She hadn't responded. 
And then I get a text from her later that night that just says, Chris, I'm sorry, I can't. I just can't. And that was that. And I was like, I cried, you know, <laughs> I was hurt. I was, I was a little down for a few days, but then I kind of just realized like, you know what? I, like I laid it out there. Like I got nothing left. I, like, I don't know. It's ain't on me. It's on her. She's an idiot. Like sometimes you just gotta be, you gotta develop a little swag too. And just be like, you know what? If she don't want this, she's an idiot. Like who, who wouldn't want this? Like, yes. <laughs> lucky to have me. <laughs> I was willing to cherish her. She didn't go uh, be with somebody yeah. else. Then, fool. <laughs> I love it. And on that note, on that note, thank you for sharing that, Chris. We will be back. Um, oh, we might. Well, no, this will be our last episode until we um, come back for season two. Ooh. So it's been great um, being with you all. And we're looking forward to an amazing season two. And we'll see you then. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year in advance. Thanks for listening. We want to know what you think. Send us your comments and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at hashtag WannaCoffeePod.